Hello, and welcome to Making Christ Known, a podcast from Adairsville Baptist Church in Adairsville, Georgia. This podcast features Senior Pastor Eric Sorrell and his sermons designed to make Christ known in Adairsville and beyond. For more information about Adairsville Baptist Church, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. In this episode, Pastor Eric preaches about thankfulness. He shares a variety of biblical stories in which people chose to be thankful and faithful amidst hardship and tragedy. While we do not have to be thankful for all circumstances, we must be thankful in all circumstances. Trouble should not stop gratitude. As you listen, reflect on these questions. What is the foundation of your thankfulness? Do you give thanks in all circumstances? And now, here's Pastor Eric. Louis B. Smeeds writes these words, Giving and gratitude go together like humor and laughter, like having one's back rubbed in the sigh that follows, like a blowing wind and the murmur of wind chimes. Gratitude keeps alive the rhythm of grace given and grace grateful, a lively lilt that lightens our heavy world. The great pastor C.H. Spurgeon said these words, Unto thee do we give thanks. We should praise God again and again. Stinted gratitude is ingratitude. For infinite goodness there should be measureless thanks. Faith promises redoubled praise for greatly needed and signal deliverances. This morning we come to talk about gratitude and thanksgiving. The question perhaps in our minds is this, what will the holidays look like this year, 2020, during COVID-19? What do the holidays look like? What does Thanksgiving Day look like this year? Parades? No parades? Get-togethers? No get-togethers? Meals? What do we do? What does Christmas time look like this year during coronavirus? Can we be thankful this year? One has said these words, that trouble falls on saint and sinner alike. And that's true. Trouble falls on saint and sinner alike. The false prosperity gospel likes to tell us no trouble will come if you're just walking right. You'll be healthy and wealthy. But if we get common grace, we also get common trouble. And trouble comes on saint and sinner alike. But does trouble stop thanks? Just because you're going through a hard time, just because 2020 was a hard year for you, and for many of you it was, you all have your stories to tell as I see your faces. You may not have had coronavirus. It may have been loss of a loved one. It may be a, a difficulty here or there. But does trouble stop Thanksgiving? Could people in the Bible be thankful during tough times? Certainly, they were thankful. Trouble does not stop gratitude. What is the foundation of your thankfulness? Is it in what you possess or have or own? Is it in your circumstances or your situations? Could you still find joy and thankfulness in the hard times, in loss, in sickness, in death, in suffering, in difficulty? We say yes. As Christians, there's always something to be thankful for because the foundation of our thankfulness is God. If you have your Bible, open to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We'll be in a lot of passages today, but I invite you to 
Notice 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, as we have gratitude today and lighten this heavy time. The Bible says some small verses. Jesus wept. That's a good one to memorize. Here's another one. Rejoice always. You could do that, right? Rejoice always. Congratulations, you just memorized a verse, teenager. Yippee, I want a jewel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next verse, pretty simple too. Pray without ceasing. Verse 18, here it is. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Give thanks, and the key word is in all circumstances. Not for all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. We don't have to thank God for COVID-19 or for racial tension or political tension or for difficulties in our home and in all on the job, but we can be thankful in them. We can be thankful in spite of our circumstances, in spite of trouble and difficulty. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's how we can rejoice always. That's how we can pray without ceasing because we can be given God thanks. The foundation for our thankfulness is God. Another great passage is found in the book of Philippians. Look at Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Paul again reminds us of what we are to do in all situations. He says, Philippians 4, 4, rejoice. In the circumstances, no. In the situation, no. Rejoice in the Lord. We can always rejoice in Him. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say it, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Why? Because the Lord is at hand. He's coming. Praise God. Verse 6, do not be anxious. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Why? Because our heart and mind will be bound to thanksgiving and to gratitude and to prayer. And we'll have peace. We're to be rejoicing always in the Lord, not in the circumstances. So can we be thankful this year? Yes. Yes. One writer says this, faith is quickened by the thought of what God has already done. Faith is vivified. It's made alive. It's quickened. It's, it's, it's grown by thinking back and going, God, you've been good here. You've been faithful here. You've saw me through this. What he's already done. You know, even the secular psychologist would tell you during this time that there's something to positive thinking, that there's something that gratitude does to ease our suffering. When we start to look at things with, with gratitude, well, the Bible said it long before secular psychologists. We know that thankfulness makes this heavy world a lot lighter. So this morning, I want to ask this question. Are there men and women in the Bible who went through very, very difficult times and yet had a spirit of thanksgiving, an attitude of gratitude, if you will. Yes. In the Bible, we see many men and many women who had joy in suffering. They had thanksgiving and hardship. How do we know that? Because we see it in their words. We see it in the things that they said. We see it in their actions, the things that they did. They had a spirit that was joyful. They had a spirit that was grateful and thankful in spite of their circumstances. Well, who comes to my mind? Could you be thankful if you were them? Daniel in exile. David in trouble with his family, with Saul. Esther 
In crisis, the Jews are about to be killed. Habakkuk, in coming defeat, Babylon coming to ransack and destroy. Hosea, in unfaithfulness. Job, in suffering and grief. Joseph, in abandonment. Nehemiah, in overwhelming hard work as he saw the wall crumble. Noah, in national tragedy, worldwide tragedy and disaster. Peter and John, in prison. Paul in hardship after hardship after hardship. Ruth in loss and in poverty. And may we not forget Jesus Christ in rejection and coming death. Could you be thankful if you were them? All of them had the spirit of thankfulness. Not thankful for the circumstance or situation, but thankful in it. How do we know that they were grateful, joyful, and thankful because of their words and actions? If you don't believe me, see Daniel's prayer after the lion's den. See his prayer in chapter 9. See David's psalm after psalm after psalm. He could give thanks in tough times. See Queen Esther celebrating Purim. Read Hosea's words about a faithful God. See Nehemiah's words and his prayers and him celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles, a, a, a feast of joy and thanksgiving. We know that Noah was thankful. Why? Because the first thing that he did after his hardship and tragedy was he built an altar to the Lord. He's thankful for something. Peter and John sing in prison. See all of Paul's letters in spite of hardship, how content and thankful he is in the Lord. Notice Ruth's devotion and contentment. Even after losing husband, I'll go where you go. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. That's a thankful, joyful spirit and commitment. I'm committed, sir. And we see God provide. May we not forget, may we recall Jesus' words in the garden, His prayers and His submission to the Father's plan of salvation. Even before the cross, He could say, thank you for those that you've given me. Thank you, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. How could all these people be thankful during their coronavirus moments, right? Then their tough difficulty, graveside, turmoil moments. Why? How could they do it? They were all thankful for the hand of providence. They saw the hand of an almighty God coming and saying, I will see you through. I'll lead you. I'll guide you. I'll comfort you. They could give thanks in all circumstances because they knew that God was on the throne. And so can we. We can rejoice in the Lord always. We can give thanks in all circumstances. So let's further examine a few of those people. Let me give you a few, uh, maybe at least four. Number one is Job. I want us to notice Job after suffering and grief. We learn most of what we need to know in the book of Job, chapter 1. You probably recall the story. In Job, chapter 1, after Job loses his property, I mean all of his animals, even his servants, after losing his children, he had ten of them. Seven boys, I believe, and three daughters. And after losing so much, listen to what he says in the last few verses of chapter 1. Job chapter 1, verse 20 through 22. Then Job arose and he tore his robe and he shaved his head and he fell on the ground just like we would and he pouted. No. And he cursed God and he said, why? No. And he worshiped. 
and suffering? And how can you do thanksgiving and coronavirus? How can he do thanksgiving and worship during a tough moment in his life he worshiped? And this is what he said, verse 21. Naked I came from my mother's womb. I didn't bring a U-Haul into this world and I won't take one out. And naked I shall return. Came forth from the womb with nothing. I'll go to the dust and be nothing. So the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Look at what he says. The Lord gave. The Lord has taken away. Blessed, praised be the name of the Lord. How can he be thankful during this time in his life? He knows that God's in control. He trusts the hand of providence. Verse 22 says this, In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. Now, can we just be authentic? I told the drive-in service, sometimes I know God's sovereign and in control. And sometimes when the refrigerator breaks, and it does, and the washing machine breaks, and it does, and sometimes they like to do it at the same time, and the air condition breaks, and the car has troubles. And God, what am I doing? Well, Lord, you're sovereign. You could have stopped this. You could have blessed this. And I, why we might not curse God and blame God? We kind of think, well, God could have... Come on, Lord. Lord must be, you know... Even in Job's situation of losing so much of what he had, his bank account goes to zero. His family goes to zero. Besides his old wife. <laughs> we call her old wife because of what happens next. We'll see that. But he's still thankful. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. I can still be thankful. Not for that. Not for their death. But I can be thankful in it. I can be thankful that God's still in control. That's an example for us. So you know how the story goes. Satan goes, yeah, God, but you touch him. I mean, you can deal with his you know, pocketbook and his kids. But you get him and he'll, he'll curse you and die. And his old lady says, you need to do the same. <laughs> Look at what it says. Job chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. After suffering physically, and I'm even worse when it's about me, you know. Man, you let me get sick and oh, my, my faith grows really small. Come on, Lord. This is what Job does. Job chapter 2, verse 9. Then his wife said to him, do still hold fast to your integrity. Curse God and die. Just blame him and die, man. Get this over with. Verse 10 says, But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall we receive good from God? And shall we not receive evil or disaster? Look, if we get all the good and receive that, can we not receive the evil? And then it says in all this, Job didn't sin with his lips. Wow. It reminds me of some words written by James S. Stewart. On the other side of the pond, he pastored for years. He wrote some great works way back in the day. And he said this about suffering and hardship. You cannot have all the assets of life and refuse its liabilities. He gives the example of fire and gravity. He says, you can't say, God, thank you. I want the fire and all of its assets. It cooks my food. It heats my home. It keeps me warm. It gives light. Oh, all the assets of fire. But with it, you can't say, but I don't want the liability of it burning me. I don't want the liability of it burning down my house and destroying things. No, no, no. How can you accept one and not the other? Job says, how can we accept good and not accept the, the risk, the liability that comes with relationships? Right? Same with us. Oh God, I want all the good, but all the stuff that goes with that, I don't want that. Gravity is a great thing, right? It keeps me from like, you know, floating around in here and just my, I like won't be out of control. Like gravity is a good thing. 
It has some assets, but it also has a liability. You get too close to the Grand Canyon, as many have, and gravity can be quite costly. Well, how are you going to accept one and not the other? So, Pastor Stewart reminds us, this is our outlook in suffering. Right? God gives and God takes away. How do we accept all the joys and not accept with them that things happen? Hardship, trouble, loss. Shall we receive good from God, Job says, and shall we not receive disaster? The pastor goes on and says, you cannot share the blessings and shirk the risks. So this is what Job does. He adores God through adversity. That's how you can give thanks in all circumstances. We adore God in endearing and through adversity. Could you be thankful this season if you were Job? How does Job celebrate that Thanksgiving? But I think he could. Number two, what about Joseph? Remember Joseph in Genesis 45, after abandonment and difficulty. And Joseph had a very tough life. Listen to some of the things that he went through. After being betrayed, alienated, enslaved, framed, and jailed, and forgotten, Joseph says some powerful, powerful words of faith. Look at Genesis 45. Verses 4 through 8. So Joseph said to his brothers, Come near to me, please. And they came near, and he said, I am your brother Joseph. Remember that big reveal? <laughs> Take off your mask. Now, did you see that singing mask thing? No. I was thinking of you when I said that. I right? The, I know who the mask singer is. It's Joseph. I'm your brother, Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now, do you, uh, and now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. He says, for God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are yet five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He's made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Now Joseph was first betrayed by his brothers. They sold him into slavery. He was alienated from his people, right? Sold to, to slave traders. He was enslaved. In Potiphar's household, the wife frames him. So he's jailed. He's in jail and he gets forgotten. Eventually God blesses him and he gets out. And out of all the suffering and hardship, he has this thankful spirit. And when his brothers come before him, he says, it wasn't you that um, sent me here. It was God. It was God. God did this. And so what a great example. He says some more powerful words of faith in Genesis chapter 50. Look at verses 18 through 21. Joseph says this. He's trying to help his brothers develop that attitude of thankfulness. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we're your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Only a thankful person can say that. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Joseph had developed thankfulness. He was going to help his brothers develop it too. Could you be thankful if you were Joseph? Let's notice a third person in the Old Testament. His name is Habakkuk. He has a small three-chapter book in the Old Testament. Habakkuk had a problem as he looked around the world. He saw so much suffering and injustice and corruption. And he said, God, when are you going to do something about that? 
Now that's my paraphrase. But God said, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to send Babylon, the army, to judge and to destroy. And Habakkuk thought to himself and said, God, you're going to use them? Somebody even more evil than us? You're going to use them to discipline us and correct us? God, why? And Habakkuk learns and God kind of says, God, uh, Habakkuk, I'm God. I'm in control. I can do this. I just need you to trust for the righteous will live by faith. And so Habakkuk says, yeah, I'll trust. And he writes a beautiful song. It's kind of like my life verse passage here. I love it. It's Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. So Habakkuk, in coming defeat, after hearing that Babylon would come and crush and destroy, he says this, I hear my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. Yet, I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon the people who invade us. Though the fig tree shouldn't blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, though the produce of the olive fail and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I'll take joy in the God of my salvation, the God of my Yeshua. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on high places. Notice the living faith of this great man. He is resolved to rejoice, though I have nothing. Though everything turn out against me, I'm going to celebrate Thanksgiving. I'm going to rejoice in the God of my Yeshua. You know, Jesus is Yeshua. We can rejoice in the God of our Jesus. We can rejoice in salvation. We can find salvation in suffering. So could you be thankful if you were Habakkuk? Yeah. In Acts chapter 16, we get this story about Paul and Silas, right? They had been with Jesus, and now Jesus had gone to heaven and left them here to preach the gospel, and their preaching gets them in trouble. They're now in jail, they're in prison, and after suffering, they sing. Listen to Acts 16, verses 22 through 25. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks, in the chains. About midnight, Paul and Silas were pouting? No, praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. After suffering, they sing. How? Because they were going to celebrate Thanksgiving no matter what came their way that year. The old ancient commentator Tertullian said this, The legs feel no pain in the stocks when the heart is in heaven. Amen? The legs feel no pain in the stocks when the heart is in heaven. The legs feel no pain from that wasp right there when the heart is in heaven. You probably will. You might want to watch them. <laughs> We can be thankful, right? Could you? I hope that I would. The key truth this morning is this. Look right here. Thanksgiving is not a feeling. It's a choice. Thanksgiving is not a feeling. It's a choice. Can you be thankful? The key truth and statement is this. We can be thankful in the Lord, in all things, because of who God is. The foundation for their thankfulness, the foundation for our thankfulness is none other than the character of God Himself. No matter what's happened this year to you, 
you can be thankful for the character of God. We're not making light of what you and your family have walked through or what our nation's walked through or what the world has walked through, but every person can be thankful for God, for a God of love and grace and faithfulness. I didn't tell the driving service this for the sake of time, but I want to leave you with a Jewish example that still continues to this day. They sing it at Passover. It's a song called the Dayenu. Now, Dayenu is a Hebrew word that means it would have been enough. It would have been enough. Just one of God's blessings would have been enough. It would have been sufficient. It would have been sufficient. Just one blessing from you, God. So I want you to listen to the words of the Dayenu. It would have been enough. If only the Lord God had taken us out of Egypt and had not, not passed judgment on the Egyptians, Dayenu. If only the Lord had not passed judgment on the Egyptians and not parted the sea for us, Dayenu. If only the Lord had parted the sea for us and had not taken care of us and fed us manna in the desert for 40 years, Dayenu. If only the Lord had taken care of us and fed us manna in the desert for 40 years and had not given us the Sabbath rest, Dayenu. If only the Lord God had given us the Sabbath rest and had not brought us to Mount Sinai and given us the Torah, Dayenu. If only the Lord God had brought us to Mount Sinai and given us the Torah and had not brought us into the land of Israel, Dayenu. For all these, alone and together, we say, Dayenu. I love that. That at Passover they said, if we just had had this one, it would have been enough. But if it had had that one and that one, that would have been enough. But if we had had that one, that one, and that one, that would have been enough. And it just keeps going. It would have been, one would have been enough. But what they're doing is they're acknowledging and they're reminding themselves that God has piled blessing on top of blessing on top of blessing, even in 2020, even in during coronavirus. We can say like the Jews, oh, it's sufficient. Just one blessing would be enough to celebrate Thanksgiving. Just one. But Dayenu, but oh, there's so many more to count. So I see all in Scripture that it's nothing new. There were a lot of people in the Old Testament and New Testament that were learning to be thankful in all situations, rejoicing always in the Lord. And we can too. Like those before us, we can be thankful. Like those before us, we can be thankful in all situations. Not for them, but in them. We can be thankful in all things and we can rejoice in the Lord like Habakkuk. Though this, though this, though this, but God, yet I will, yet I will. We can rejoice in the Lord. Today, if you're a Christian, you can say, Jesus, thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. It makes the heaviness of sin lighter. It makes the gloom of this world brighter. Gratitude changes so much. Jesus, thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the blood. And a person that's truly thankful for the cross and forgiveness will turn to the Lord for salvation. Someone truly thankful for salvation will say, I'll be baptized. Someone truly thankful for Christian community will join the church or someone will commit their life to missions or the cause and someone truly thankful will say, yes, I'll follow you, Lord, anywhere. We won't be like the nine who didn't say thank you to Jesus. We'll be like the one thankful leper that would say, how could I not turn back? And give thanks. And give thanks unto you. Do we give thanks again and again? Infinite goodness elicits infinite measureless praise and thanksgiving. And may we do that.
this year. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Making Christ Known. We invite you to join us again next time for another sermon from Adairsville Baptist Church. For more information, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.